Uh, don't, uh, don't hesitate. Reach out. Uh, last night, uh, Melva uh, picked up a, a, a whole box of little candy bars with a, a Scripture verse on it. And she's giving them out where she works or where she goes out and works out and such and to different people and saying, here, this is about the Lord. The Lord has risen. And that's what Easter's all about and not just eggs. You know, eggs are fine, but it's about Christ. So uh, invite somebody. Talk to somebody. Say, hey, would you like to go with me to church this Sunday? And uh, we have a great service planned. And and uh, I know Spencer is speaking on Easter, and he'll do a super job. So what a blessing. So invite someone to come. Um, I was looking at your, the, the, the church vision, the church mission statement, and would you read that with me? The community church exists to bring God glory, to equip servants of Jesus Christ, and to share God's love so that the whole world may know Him. Do you believe that? Amen. That's a great mission statement. That is super. And, and today we're going to tie into that mission statement as we finish what turned out to be kind of a three-message uh, series. And the first message we started during Billy Graham's um, Memorial Week, the week that, that Billy went to be with Jesus. And the first message we had that week was about John 3.16, John's, uh, Billy Graham's favorite verse. For God so loved the world, you, you know it with me, let's say it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's the foundation of the Christian life. If we don't start with that, we don't have anything. Nothing after that makes sense in the Christian life. God's love. God coming to us. Giving His life on the cross for us. Dying and rising again. That's what Easter's all about, isn't it? For who? For us. And for all the world. So the second week, uh, we skipped a week with me, and, and Jake did a super job. Then the next week when I was back, we talked about what happens after we're saved, after we've given our life to Christ, then we want to be filled with the Spirit of God so that the eyes of our heart are enlightened, opened. We can see all the greatness of what God has for us. We can see the hope of His calling. We can see the... the the riches of His grace that's been given to us. We can see the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe. So once we believe, then we enter into to the fullness of God and the Holy Spirit filling us and using us. As Barry prayed this morning, the beautiful music that Alicia, the choir, and Barry led us in. The testimony that Carl shared with us. But all of these things are building. And then tonight, today, we're talking about what happens then. We're filled with the Spirit of God. And now we're to go out and finish that last part. That the whole world may know Him. So I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28. We're going to two passages today. Matthew 28. The very last words <clears throat> that we have in the book of Matthew. 
as Jesus is giving the marching orders, He's raised from the dead, and now He's giving His marching orders. Now, I forgot to look up the page number in the, in the Pew Bibles at the end, so somebody help me with that. What page number is Matthew 28, 18-20? 989? Is that right? Okay. So look, I love to see you looking up your Bibles, opening it up. If those of you listening by radio, grab your Bible as well and open it up and look at it. Okay? Matthew 28. These are the marching orders. In the military, they call this the standing order. This is the order that we're to complete until the Lord comes back. Okay? So what does it say? Matthew 28. We start with verse 18. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, there we go, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The next part. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now we're going to unpack that one for a moment and then go to the other one. But listen to this one. First of all, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. There was a group of people in the Old Testament that thought that the God of Israel, the true, one true God, was only a God on the mountains. Or only a God in the plains. And there are people today who think that, that Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit are only, only uh, appropriate for the West. And yet the fastest growing churches in the world are in Africa, in China, in Iran. Great movements of God are bursting loose. He is God of all the earth. But in that verse, he says, Go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them, teaching them. There's, and this is interesting, I think this is fascinating. What, there's one primary verb in that passage, in that commandment. And three supporting participles, I believe. Now, I'm not a great English person, but participles that make that verb take place. What do you think the one primary verb is in go and make disciples of all nations? baptizing them and teaching them. What do you think the primary verb in there is? You know, I asked that question to a group of pastors in Eden, Oklahoma, I was speaking to, and they all said, go, and you know, that's not it. Make disciples. Make disciples is the primary verb. The three things that help us make disciples are go, baptize, and teach. So you see, if we're going to make a disciple, we have to get out of our comfort zone, first of all. We have to go. You did a great seminar here a few years ago called Walk Across the Room. It was get out of your comfort zone and share the good news of Jesus with someone. Go across. Get out of your comfort zone. Melvin and I prayed with a waitress uh, Friday in Montrose. We were down there, and every time a waitress comes to our table, almost every time, we'll ask them, is there something we can pray for you about? And the young woman looked at us like, <clears throat> I'm not sure, uh, give me a moment. And she went and got our water, and she came back and said, yes, would you pray that I 
experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life all through the day. All through the day. She was a young woman who was a Christian. We have others that say, would you pray for my father, my mother? But go, get out of your comfort zone and go some, to someone else and share Christ. At the ski area, I have opportunity to share Christ with people from all over the world as I teach them ski lessons. I don't shove it down their throats. I simply, what I call run the flag up the pole and see who salutes. I say something about the Lord, and if they say, what do you mean? Then that gives me a chance. Go make disciples, a follower of Jesus. Don't just go once and say something to them about the Lord, but help them come to know Him. Then baptizing, bring them into Christ's body. In the, in the Bible, baptism followed belief. Whenever someone would accept Christ, they were immediately baptized. It identified them into the body of Christ. Then teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. So you take the Word of God, and in your small groups, in your Sunday school classes, whatever you have, you teach, you train workers. Don't just leave them alone. That's how we become a disciple. But let's go to the second verse that I have on here. And this one is, excuse me, these things fall off of me. I have funny ears, I guess. Go over to first, Romans, go to Romans chapter 10. So you're in Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans chapter 10. The title of the sermon, if you notice in your book, is, in your bulletin is, How Will They Believe If They Haven't Heard? So I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Ready? For all who call upon the name of the Lord, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now that's a great promise. Everyone. Remember we talked in the first week about just as I am? Wherever you are in your life, if you come and call upon Christ, He will save you. He saved me as a college student here at Western. He saved Leonard one day as we prayed together after working together. He, he saved you and I as we call upon Him. Whoever, never count anyone out. Call upon who? The name of the Lord. But then look at the next part. How can they call upon Him if they've not believed? And how can they believe in Him if they haven't heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Now there's two two meanings here in the word preacher because I think a lot of us go, that's His job. No. No. The Greek word there means one who proclaims, a town crier, someone who will share Jesus with others. That puts it on all of us who know Christ. I love J.T. Niles was a missionary, and he had a great definition of evangelism. I used it as a title of a book I wrote for the Billy Graham organization. He says, Evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. You know, that's what we are. We were saved as sinners, every one of us who've come to Christ. And now we are just simply telling someone else where to find bread. 
Where to find bread? Where to find life? Jesus said, I am the bread of life, right? All right, well, let's look a little further. Oops, we lost it. <laughs> All right, how can they believe on him if they've not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Now, who sends out you and I to share the good news of Jesus with someone else? The Lord himself. Remember, we just read, go and make disciples. Go. You and I are the ones who will tell others about Christ. You know what I found out? I got to lead a fire chief to Christ one year in La Junta, Colorado. And the only reason he came to the service that I spoke at, and the only reason he would talk with me for a year before he finally gave his life to the Lord three days before he died, the only reason he said is because you're a firefighter. The only reason some people will listen to the gospel is because you work at Walmart, or you work in the real estate business, or you work in wherever you work. Your circle of friends will listen to you when they won't listen to me. You have an inside track to share the grace of God, the love of God, to someone that I will never have. If you have Christ, share Christ. How will they believe in Him if they haven't heard about Him? How will they hear unless we tell them? Now, I love this. And how will they... I love this verse. Did you know I have pretty feet according to the Bible? I have good-looking feet. Now, if you looked at my feet, you might not immediately recognize that. But the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Who bring the Gospel. You and I have the Gospel to bring. The good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. And yet many, I would say most, One survey said 90% of church members have never shared their faith with anyone else. Why? Why would we do that? Why would we hold back the most important thing? Charles Spurgeon said, "If if we don't want to share Christ, we don't know Him. That's a pretty strong statement. But if you know I have to tell you, Melba and I are newlyweds. We've only been married 46 and three quarters years. Just getting warmed up. But when I first met Melva, and I first fell in love with Melva, it took me about 30 seconds, I think. I couldn't wait to tell everybody about Melva. Because Melva is so wonderful. Melva's just everything I've ever wanted in a wife. She is great. How much more when I fell in love with Jesus? If you've fallen in love with the Lord, don't you want to share with others how wonderful it is to know Him? Wow! Share Him with others. How can they know? Because, now now this next part of the verse, because some of you say, well, I tried that once and it just didn't work. Well, that's true. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? You know, guys, there are people. I want to tell you two examples. One, Bernard Esty. 
Some of you knew Bernard, okay, many years ago. One day I was in the hospital visiting Bill Beaver or Mary Jane, someone in our, our congregation. And as I left the hospital room, I turned to the nurse and I said, is there anybody here in the hospital that might want someone just to come in and pray for him or say hi? And the nurse said, Bernard Esty. Bernard was in and out of the hospital a lot. She said, Bernard could probably use a hi and a prayer. So I went in and I spent maybe five minutes in his room. Just said, Bernard, would you like me to pray for you? He said, yeah. And I prayed for him and I left. Months later, maybe even years later, I got a phone call from somebody else you know, Phoebe Craner. Phoebe said, Rick, I've been praying for Bernard Esty, and the Lord told me you're supposed to go lead him to Christ. Well, why didn't the Lord tell you? <laughs> you know, and I, I, I went, I'm not real good about cold turkey. Just walk up to somebody and say, hey. But especially 20 years ago or so. So... I said, I'll pray about it. And I, that was really a cop-out on my part. And I, I said, I'll pray about it. And I left the conversation there. And as I drove back to Crested Butte and back every day to teach skiing, the Holy Spirit began to work in my heart. I passed His turn-off to the Craner Hill Road over and over again. And finally, as I'm driving down the highway... Just as clear as a bell, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Well, are you going to go or not? I did a U-turn. Yeah, Lord, I was just thinking about that. I did a U-turn on Highway 135. I went back on Craner Hill Road and I went up to Bernard's little cabin there at the base of Craner Hill Ski Area and I, I tiptoed up the steps. I was hoping he wasn't home. I was such a chicken. And I get to the top and I tap softly. No answer. Whew, I'm off the hook. Come on in! Oh. And I walked inside. And Bernard was standing there and he says, Rick, you're the preacher, aren't you? Yes, sir. Do you believe God heals people? Yes, sir. I've seen Him heal people miraculously. Really? Well, I've been watching on TV and they're talking about this and that and, and uh, healing. And, and I said, well, Bernard, God wants to heal us on the inside first. And then we'll worry about the outside. And I pulled out, I had in my pocket a little yellow booklet that you're going to get on the way out today. You're getting two gifts from us, from Melvin and I. One is the case for Easter that really sets out the resurrection of Jesus and historically. Written by Lee Strobel. He is was the legal editor for the Chicago Tribune. He was an atheist. His wife got saved. He wondered if this was all real or not. He started an investigation and he came to Christ. You'll get that, but you'll also get a little yellow booklet called The Four Spiritual Laws. And in that booklet, I had that in my pocket. It tells how to come to Christ. And I pulled it out and I read through it. Bernard, this God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Bernard, the reason we don't experience that plan is because we have sinned. We've sinned against God. We've rebelled. We've done our own thing. But Bernard, God loves us so much that He gave His only Son to die on the cross for us that if we will believe in Him, we will have forgiveness and everlasting life. 
But number four, Bernard, you have to make that decision. I can't do it for you. Your parents can't. No one can. You have to give your life to Christ. And then there's a place to pray a prayer. And I was so chicken, I didn't even ask him. I just gave him the booklet and said, here, look at it. I left. I was such a wimp. And I walked out. 48 hours later, Bernard died. And then I began to kick myself. You didn't ask him to pray. You didn't give him a chance. You just gave him the book and left. Come on, Rick, what kind of a dummy are you? And I was walking up the steps to the post office. And Sammy Sangosti, someone else you know, little Sammy, Christian Sammy, my favorite guy in the world. He, he would always bounce. Did you ever notice that about Sammy? He didn't just walk. He just bounced up to me. Brother Rick, Brother Rick. I said, yes, Sammy. Did you hear Bernard went to be with Jesus? I heard he died. No, he said, I was with him when he died. He said, you led him to Christ. He had given his life to the Savior as he read the booklet. But let me tell you the other one. Not all have believed our message. I shared with Jerry. Jerry was one of the most famous ski instructors in America. And one year he came to Crested Butte to teach skiing. And he and I were on the staff together. And, and one day I, well, Melvin and I had him over for Christmas dinner. He said, I've never been to a preacher's house for Christmas. He was scared to death. But it worked out. But a few days later, I picked him up for a ride to the ski area, and I said, Jerry, can I share with you the most important thing in my life? Can I share with you about Jesus? And Jerry looked at me and he said, no, Rick, not now. Jerry went back over to his ski area, and the next summer was riding his mountain bike, and it crashed and he died. Don't. Don't let guilt hang over you if you've shared and the person rejects it. But don't quit sharing either. Keep reaching out. Let's go a little bit further on the, on the PowerPoint to the next one. So faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of Christ. You and I, as we share the Word of God, the promise of God. The fact that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. As we share, that's when folks come to know the Savior. That's when they can believe. So I challenge each of us. Ask God to lead you to someone today, tomorrow, the next day that you can share Jesus with. Use that little track, or maybe you have it memorized, or maybe you have another track you like, but just share what Jesus has done in your life and watch what God can do with it. We're going to sing a song, I believe is next on here, that talks about that. And I'm going to ask you, hey, we got it right, 569, verses 1, 3, and 4. And I'll ask you to stand 569 verses 1, 3, and 4.